Hello and welcome to Think About Eurovision, a Eurovision podcast with me, Chris, a Eurovision fanatic from the UK. And me, Kim, a Eurovision fanatic from Canada. Today is the second of our DNQ file episodes this week. It's so weird sort of being able to record something straight after a um, a Eurovision because we've only done that once previously. Okay, I'm going to start that sentence again because that got away from me. Up until <laughs> this week, we'd only done that once with Junior Eurovision. Obviously, we've done it with the first semi final and now our second semi final. Yeah, I said this uh, in our last um, DNQ, uh, the whopping two days ago after the first semi final. So long ago. Um, so long ago. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just really loving this viewing experience where I am watching it along with everybody else. I'm like, you know, feeling the momentum of this whole build up to the final. Um, It does. I mean, I've been enjoying, don't get me wrong. I've been enjoying experiencing these past Eurovisions and becoming acquainted with the contest and like getting to see years past. But this is my first Eurovision that I'm going through live with everyone else and it is such a fun experience it it really is different and um I'm really loving it it really is so much fun doing it live again for the first time for me in two years obviously for you the first time yeah yeah first time ever and um it doesn't disappoint and now I mean like um, I have complained uh, on this podcast in the past, too, about how um, I found that it was a bit long, the contest, especially the voting and whatever. Um, but now I can kind of feel how exciting it is, the event television of it all, where I'm checking live tweets about what people are saying throughout the contest, or you and I are live texting while while we're watching and whatever. It, like it, it, when, it, when I'm not just watching it alone for four hours it does it's different it's it's fun yeah it's great it really hits differently when you're watching and interacting with other people so i've got sarah next to me when i'm watching uh the live shows so we're sort of riffing off each other whilst we're watching it we're you know poking fun at usually the bbc commentary we never rarely we're rarely poking fun at the actual artists right times when we do kind of go oh find a note girl Uh, but (laughs) most of the time we're like why Why did our commentators just say that stupid thing? There was a few times today our commentary really? was garbage. And of course, um, as was the case with the first semifinal, you and I were watching different uh, streaming. I yes. was on the Eurovision YouTube channel, which had no commentary, and you were on the BBC, which did. Yeah, um, so this time we had less cuts to the studio, the BBC studio, just because we had to see the voting recaps this time. So the last on the uh, Tuesday first semifinal, as the UK couldn't vote, they showed one voting recap so people could see, you know, what had, um, you know, they could have a recap of the artists, but they didn't do that with second and third and fourth recaps because we weren't voting. Right. But this time they did stick with the main feed for the majority of it. We did lose the Nikki tutorials uh, bit. We did go to studio for that when they they spoke to James Newman. Mm. Um, I think it was pre, pre-recorded because he was wearing different clothes to what he was wearing on stage. It could have been a quick change as well. But I think it was a pre-recorded segment, I think. 
Right. Yeah. So it does sound like we were uh, somewhat more aligned in what we saw this go round. And so they did that um, the same segment that you missed in the first semifinal, but saw in this one, obviously with different artists, where it was a a throwback to past winners and sort of the impact that it's had on their lives and whatever. And so they did this in both. And both times I got really like in my feelings. I got (laughs) I got emotional. (laughs) So um, I'm glad you got to see one of those. It's so nice just seeing these artists who are still in love with the competition. And, you know, you can tell it brings them joy when they think about it. Like when they yes. showed Ruslana from uh, Ukraine, who won with Wild Dances, you know, you could see how happy she was to be talking about it. Yes. And then, oh my God. So first, that song from Germany that won in 1981 or 1982, I can't recall which year. So when that song played, I was like, ooh, I like that. And then she (laughs) told the story about how, you know, impactful it was that uh, she, a German girl, got 12 points from Israel in the 1980s. Like, I don't know. It was just like, I got like verklempt. (laughs) It proves that the Eurovision Song Contest achieved its mission to unite Europe following the Second World War. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really uh, I really enjoyed that segment. I enjoyed the Nikki tutorial stuff too. So um, yeah, I'm sorry you didn't get to see much of that. It was just short clips and stuff, just fun clips. It's not too bad because I did catch that on the run through the rehearsal um, mm. yesterday. I did watch the rehearsal live stream because I wanted to see the live footage of um, James Newman, Blas Canto and... Uh, the was it or was it Barbara Pravi? Uh, Barbara Pravi wasn't it for France? Yes. So I watched the um, run throughs uh, with the live audience yesterday for those. So I did catch uh, the Nikki tutorials bit then. So I I knew what what I was missing. So I'd seen it. Um, and if I want to go back, um, following the BBC broadcast, the YouTube stream does come available for people in the UK to watch as a catch up as well. Nice, which is nice. But, as ever, not all the artists can go through to the final. That's right. So, I mean, I think big favourites for both of us, um, Iceland. Yes. We're always going to love Iceland. I loved it so much. There are two that I really loved, and I was really trying to decide which one I liked best out of the two, but Iceland won out for me. It was my number one of the night, for sure. But obviously, because you're in Canada and can't vote, I put in a vote for you and I put in a vote for Portugal, which was your other favourite of the night. Yes, thank you for doing that. So um, so strategically, since uh, we decided that Iceland was probably a shoe-in, um, I cast my vote for Portugal, which was my other favourite. And those songs were very, very different, but I loved them both. Uh uh, a lot in different ways, but that Portugal song, it hit different. It was really good. So um, I have to eat my words a little bit here, Chris, because oh. it was, um, I think we were five or six songs into this semifinal when I texted you and said, I <laughs> I really feel like the draw on which semifinal the songs compete in is like, so impactful about your odds of getting through to the final because my impression of this final was that it was it was um, very heavily weighted for um, the first semifinal. All of the good songs were in the semifinal, if you will, because I was I I will say that like although I was enjoying the night, those first five songs that played 
none of them were really doing it for me. Um, but as this final went on, like there were more and more songs that were really kind of like, you know, hitting the mark for me. So um, all in all, I think it was much more evenly weighted between the two fi- uh, semifinals than I originally thought. Right then. So let's move on to the songs that failed to qualify for the grand final on Saturday. Um, so we're going to start with uh, Estonia, who sent uh, Ukusu Vista with The Lucky One. Um, now, the song's called The Lucky One, uh, not very lucky to have drawn slot two. <laughs> so slot two yeah. is known as a death slot in the grand final. No song has ever won Eurovision from the second slot in a running order. Wow. So um, he was uh, he was very unlucky to get slot two uh, for the semifinal. And he had one of my pet hates in kind of people on TV, in films, and it's someone wearing a bow tie that's undone when they're fine to undo your tie at the end of the night. You know, <laughs> in, in a film, you know, if someone's like dressed up in a tux, like, you know, like a, like a ball or a ceremony or something, and they're shown in their tux and their tie all tied up and looking neat. And then like later on in the evening, the scene moves like, you know, like a after party or whatever, and they've got it undone. Totally fine with that. That doesn't annoy me. But someone deliberately going on stage with an undone bow tie just grinds my gears. <laughs> you have such specific, uh, like, pet peeves. It's hilarious. I did not notice that he was wearing a bow tie, bow tie uh, either done or undone. <laughs> I paid no attention to that at all. Uh, no. So how, how did you feel about the song? Can you remember it? Um, so it was low on my list. It was in fact the bottom. Um, uh-huh. I, I didn't pay a ton of attention of ranking them outside of my top 10, however. So, but I mean, like, regardless, it was not amongst my top 10. I thought that song was fine. I thought it was not particularly like, I don't know, uh, memorable or innovative. It was like a, you know, it was a fine ballad. Um, but I'm not surprised it didn't move on. No. It was, um, it's okay. A lot of people are thirsting over him. I don't see it. <laughs> but again. Oh, I don't yeah. either, actually. He, he... <laughs> there was an awkward moment at one of the uh, press conferences where they were talking about him being voted the most handsome man at Eurovision this year. I'm like, talk to him about his music. Yeah. Focus yeah. on, you know, what he was there to do. Honestly, if we're talking about the most handsome man at Eurovision this year, we need to talk about the guy who has replaced the, um, like, director of Eurovision. The guy... Oh, non-Ola Sand. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, yeah, the, the guy who says we've received all the votes and we have, a, we have an official, like, winner. Yeah, and then he's got his yeah. new catchphrase. So he's, he's replaced Yon-Ola uh, Sand's catchphrase of um, Take It Away. He's got his catchphrase. You're good to go, which feels a little bit forced. I don't like them introducing a catchphrase straight away. I thought that I thought I was like, oh, okay. He's a, you know, like he he seems seems like he's got his shit together. Charming, yeah. charming um, that man. I think his name is Martin Osterhull. I could be butchering the pronunciation. Um, I'll get used to his name eventually. Um, like just like I stopped calling John Olasand, John Olasand. <laughs> you know. Just get used to people's names and faces. Um, but yeah, um, I, I don't like the catchphrase. I, I think yeah. I feel like uh, Yonola-san's got kind of built up to having his catchphrase to take it away. He didn't feel like it was instant. Yeah, you, 
You know what? Catchphrases and nicknames, they need to be organic. You can't just yes. pick one. You can't just pick one and decide. <laughs> I think you should go for uh, the drag queens Nova and Olympia before they start their, their uh, videos on YouTube. Um, it has a quote of um, Olympia just saying, right, on with the shit show. And you should, you should <laughs> use something like that. Yes, that would be good. <laughs> just like, all right, here we fucking go then. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Estonia... Um, it, it always felt like it was a risk of qualifying, and obviously it didn't. Um, I would like to visit Estonia and Tallinn. I'd like to visit there. Hmm. Looks like a nice cold place to visit. Yes. <laughs> Next song that failed to qualify um, before the show was in my top ten, but fell down the rankings uh, by his less than adequate vocals. It was... Uh, Benny Cristo for the Czech Republic with Omagar. Yeah, so I agree with this, that like I thought the song was, you know, pretty fun, but that the vocal performance was not... Um, it wasn't there, was it? It wasn't there, yeah. Uh, even if the vocals were on point, I don't think this would have made my top 10. However, I think that, you know, the song, though, I liked more than the vocal performance, but... I agree. Like, this was another one that I was not terribly surprised. And these two were um, second and third of the night. So although I really liked the um, first song of the night, San Marino, these were after these two, and I didn't like Grease either. That was number four. This is when I was like, oh, I feel like I feel like semifinal two is just not not quite as uh, as hitting it quite as much as semifinal one. But it got better. There was a lot of criticism uh, prior to the contest that semi-final two was the weaker of the semi-finals. Yeah, I could see that. And part of that could possibly come down to the fact that they decided to keep the artists, the countries in their semi-final that was allocated last year. But I, mm. I generally don't know if the songs were the countries were allocated to a semi-final before the songs. I'm not quite sure of the details. Gotcha. So if any listeners can clarify on that, I would appreciate it. Tweet us at Think About Euro. Um, Cheeky little plug for the Twitter there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed Benny Cristo at Eurovision. Um, he's been a delight. Um, he's uh, always been there. He's always been, you know, happy and positive, scooting about on his uh, omni-wheel kind of hoverboard thing that he had with him. Mm-hmm. And I like that song as a studio version. It, As I say, prior to tonight, it was in my top 10. Because I'd already ranked things based on studio versions. And then sort of live sort of amended my rankings based on how I thought it was on the night. And yeah, um, he was he was a little bit off key. And yeah. I didn't like the thing he was doing. Like, he was like, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah. I didn't like that <laughs> bit. It just yeah. grated on me. Yeah, this was not his night. Uh, I I agree. And I do think his song from last year was... So much better. It was so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next failing to qualify was um, Vincent Bueno from Austria with Amen. So this was actually in my top ten. Um, was it? I yes, I had it at number six, and um, yeah. So clearly, I would have had this above uh, some of the others that made it. Um, I thought that this was. Lovely. Uh, it It isn't one that I probably would have put in my top 10 in the grand final. Um, but I thought that it was, I thought it was very nice. I thought it was a pretty song. And uh, yeah, I, I would have seen it move on in this semifinal. 
Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, he's got great vocals. Um, it does feel like a little bit of a whiplash moment going from the sort of upbeat number of, you know, there were comments calling him Bueno Mars last year, comparing to Bruno Mars. Yeah. And then he came with like a very sort of ballady song. Yeah, I mean, can't fault his vocals on points throughout. Uh, the same couldn't be said for some of the other songs that qualified. Yes. <coughs> Moldova. <coughs> I know. I mean, she she needs to get those vocals in control for the final. So I, since we're j- talking about it, I did have Moldova as my number 10 spot. So they just squeaked in for me. And I was really, there were three actually that I could have all put in number 10, but that was the one I landed on because I liked the song so much. But the reason why I was debating whether or not I wanted to include it at all was because the vocal performance was not there. So hopefully the final goes better yeah i am with you there i'm very much the same really uh but yeah she she made the top 10 for me so i like the song it's just nuts and the video is even more nuts um but yeah uh the the, um vocals uh for vince just his vocals were bueno is that good spanish i'm not i don't speak spanish (laughs) is bueno good yeah very good i feel like bueno is like spanish for good is it yeah, so his, his vocals... Bueno is good. No bueno is no good. Yeah, so Vincent, his vocals were bueno. Um, yes. <laughs> the next song I felt to qualify was uh, Poland, um, who sent uh, Rafael with The Ride, a very 80s throwback song. Yeah, this did make my top 10. They were number nine for me. Um, I thought that they were sort of like, I could take them or leave them, if you will. I thought it was fun. I thought it was great. It was not one that really kind of like spoke to me in a way like I would have been devastated um, if they didn't make it, which they didn't. Uh, But it squeaked in for me. So you know how I dislike uh, men who untie their bow ties and go, you know, perform, you know, I do that. I know that now. Yeah. So you know that now. (laughs) Uh, that that something that winds me up. Another thing that annoys me is people who wear sunglasses indoors. <laughs> and now, one thing can I can pa- give a pass to is someone wears sunglasses on stage because you know the lights can be quite bright. Yes. But Raphael here, he wears his sunglasses when he's like doing like video concerts, you know, from like from a bedroom, like a studio. He's done like things like YouTube, fan, you know, the fan community on YouTube, and he's still worn his shades indoors. In a place where it's not got lighting, you know, pointing directly at his face. <laughs> just just annoys me. But sometimes sunglasses aren't purely for function. It's for a look. It's for a vibe. Sod your look. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the song was all right. It never it never threatened my top ten. But it's, it's an no. enjoyable song. I wouldn't skip it on a playlist. It's, you know, I like the throwbackiness of it. It just wasn't. Good enough, I feel, to make the top 10, which obviously might fail to qualify. And it did not, yeah. Um, Now, one of my top 10 next, which is not in a lot of people's top 10, was Georgia, uh, Tornike uh, Kipiani with You. How did you feel about that? Um, This was not in my top 10. No, not in my top 10. Although this was another one where I liked the song a lot more than I liked the performance. I found that the vocals were pretty hit or miss on this and then also i just found it a little bit um 
I I like it lacked passion or something in the performance. Um, but I liked the song a little more than um, you know, than the presentation. But either way, I don't think it would have made my top ten. No. I mean, I could understand why it didn't qualify. Absolutely, I get it. I totally don't disagree with it not qualifying. Even though it fell in my top ten, I can understand why Europe as a whole didn't go for it. It was very quiet and introspective. But I want to give him credit. He is a king of PPE. Throughout all the press events, whenever he's not been on stage, he has been PPE'd up to his eyeballs. He's had a mask on all the time. Good. As he should. Whereas other artists, you've seen, we've seen him interacting with each other he and, you know, not wearing masks at all times. Yeah. He has always been masked up. Even on the uh, turquoise carpet ceremony the other day, he was wearing a mask. So Good. I've got to give him credit yeah. for that. And I like the song, it's a little bit musical theatre, which, you know, keeps my heart that. Yes, I do know that. Um, and I like the sort of controlled shouting singing that he does towards the end, where you can see the veins in his head kind of bulging. Right. Yeah, I mean... I like that moment. I think that, uh, I think that you know, a, a, a really nice song that uh, was just up against a bit... A bit stiffer competition. Yeah, I I much prefer this song from last year. It was a better one. But yeah, like I said, that moment at the end where he's uh, sort of like doing this sort of controlled shouting singing, it reminded me of the band who did, um, oh, they covered um, Sound of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel. But they, oh, what was the song they did before? Yeah, ooh, ah, ah, ah. Oh. Down with a sickness. I can't think what they're called. I don't know, but I know, <laughs> I know that uh, sound you just made. Ooh, ah, Yes. Uh, disturbed. <laughs> yeah. So when, because like everyone knows, like you know, not everyone knows disturbed. Everyone who knows disturbed know, knew them for like you know his sort of aggressive vocals, and then they did their cover of "Sound of Silence" by Simon and Garfunkel, and his vocals are just amazing on that song, and he goes like he does sort of use the edge in his voice well, just like Tourniquet did, because um, like last year, his song that um, was like a sort of a, a rockier song. There's a one like uh, one needs to talk like an English man. Right. Kind of one. Yeah. I do. Remember that one. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the next song to qualify that was in my top ten until I heard her perform it. Um, was uh, Latvia uh, Samantha Tina with the Moon Is Rising. This is in my top ten. Why? So why did did what about the performance made it? Uh, no longer a top 10 for you. She got to number 11. She would have... She, she I, I had to sort of score it on vocal quality mm. and I had to begrudgingly put Grease above her. Really? I put Grease low. Mm. I did not like Grease's at all. Yeah, I don't like the presentation of Grease, but I had to go on a song when it came to it. I had to go for the vocal quality. Samantha Tina just could not find the key. She couldn't do it in a Jewish show. She didn't do it tonight. Um, I did. De- I mean, like, I, f- I definitely, as we've already discussed, I marked some down for poor, for poor vocals, but I did not find that hers was particularly bad or bothered me. I really liked the song, and I guess maybe I liked it enough that it edged out any, uh, you know, vocal iffiness for me. But I had this at number five. I really liked it. Wow. Uh, I mean, it was one of my favorites as a studio track. Again, I love it. Yeah. Um, like that big note at the beginning that she didn't kind of nail on the night. But yeah, I just love it. Uh, but just didn't do it for another night. And I had to kind of go, this sounds a bit 
noisy and not pleasant to listen to for me. So I just had to just vote her down, not vote her down, sort of score her down on that. Right. And it put Greece just at 10th. Right. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about Greece on the, after Saturday's grand final. Yes, of course. Yeah, so this was um, the third of the three that um, I had in my top 10 that did not make it. So uh, on Tuesday in this first semifinal, I was 8 for 10. And on this one, I was 7 for 10. So we have talked about the three now that I would have... Um, that I would have seen go forward if it were based on my votes. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, you know, one of mine is a Tornike Kipiani for Georgia. And a second one that hurts my soul. Denmark. Fear of Flam with Over Us Pahinanden. That's, uh, which translates to uh, Let's Practice on Each Other, which is uh, is about dancing. It's about practicing dancing on each other. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Um, probably about dancing. Yeah. So They say it's about dancing. When, and who are we to dis- disagree? When, uh, when they were about to announce the 10th and final um, finalist, the crowd started chanting for Denmark. And of course, you had this, you know, real love for Denmark. Um, I, I scored it very low. So like, tell, tell me. Like, Do you not feel joy, Kim? <laughs> I just didn't like this song. I thought it was fun, but okay. So to like, tell me about why you loved it so much. So when this song first came out, it was very close to the bottom. This is a grower, not a shower. <laughs> well, this is, may, that explains it then, because this is my first and only time having heard it. So, uh, yeah. maybe it'll grow I on me. I think that might have so much to do with it, so... Um, you might find like I think possibly with like the semi-final shows, a lot of people will be the more hardcore Eurovision fans because people are like oh Eurovision is in our country, so we'll go get tickets. Might get tickets for the Saturday, right? But maybe the hard more hardcore Eurovision fans will be like, well, I'm never going to get tickets for the grand final. They'll have sold out in a second. Let me see if I can get tickets for the you know the semi-finals, and then even more hardcore fans will be like, let's get tickets for the you know the. Uh, jury semi-final or the second rehearsal semi-final because these are all sort of events with audiences so you know they've gone for like the reaction shots and stuff right so maybe it's that because those people have heard it a few times and it's grown in them it's just joyful and it's just straight out of the 80s it's not throwback like greece or poland it's just an 80s song <laughs> yeah it's like they've jumped into their delorean after writing a song <laughs> gone back to the future and then gone Shall we do Eurovision this year? Let's do it. <laughs> Just stepped right out of the 80s onto the Eurovision stage. Um, That's what's Yeah, I cannot deny that it was joyful. And, um, you know, although I didn't like it quite as much as some of the other songs, I, you know, I you can't argue that it uh, brought a smile to my face, right? Like, it was fun. It was fun. It was good. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'm. that was my uh, number two song overall, was it? Yeah, so I I'd ranked uh, Denmark Fear of Flam over Aspa Hinanden was my overall second favorite of the entire competition. Wow, and so which is how much I love it. So it was actually I preferred it to Iceland. I'm sorry to say what what just something about. I mean, I love, but it's like it's like we're talking like absolutely tiniest <laughs> of fractions. It's like if I had to sort of say which do I want to listen to and dance to, I'd say Denmark. But my heart, it's not my favourite song. Again, Iceland is not my favourite song this year. But my heart for the win is with Iceland. 
I want Iceland to win this year's Eurovision Song Contest. Well, if only just to give them the win that they should have had last year. They need the win that they should have had last year. Exactly. And because they're being robbed of a chance to perform live at the show a second year in a row. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So tell us what happened with Iceland at this final. Uh, Yeah. So because um, Johan, uh, one of the uh, members who sort of plays a fake keyboard and dances, um, has tested positive for um, COVID-19. Um, he the the band were given the opportunity to sort of perform without him, but they would also have to lose another member of the group because they're sharing a hotel room. So the uh, two other lads, other than Daffy, uh, they're sharing a hotel room. So Johan had to quarantine, and as did the other member of the group because sharing a hotel yeah. room, and they basically said no, all or nothing. We'll use the second rehearsal footage. Yes, and so, I mean. And they've been so kind of chilled about it because apparently you know, the um, culture there is like, they have a, a word for it, but basically it translates to, it is what it is. Oh, I love that. I need the word. Um, yeah. Like, I feel like uh, uh, that uh, needs to be my new motto to just like, don't sweat the small stuff and be be more chill. Like Icelanders. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so uh, when we saw them in the green room, when they were announcing the, um, you know, the acts that qualified, they had like, they had an iPad with, uh, I assume, Johan uh, on it via like FaceTime or yep. Skype or whatever. And then like a whole body, like they made a, they made a man. Out. <laughs> I love it. It was just so cute. But I would never have guessed that they were not performing live. Like, the, I feel like the... They, they did a really good job of cutting yeah, the shots. they edited it seamlessly. Yeah. There was a, there, I think there's like two moments where you, it pans across the empty crowd. Well, yeah. And other than that, that's it. Everything else is kind of close-ups on the group, so... And they didn't sort of show it like... Like we did with Australia in the first semi-final. They addressed it by sort of showing the screen at the end of it. They just cut straight to the audience. They didn't sort of show them on the screen. Yeah. But again, like we we said, if nobody had told you that Australia wasn't there in person, you could have bought that they were there in person. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I hope we never have to have this ever again. No, I agree. Um, I mean, it would be very nice of course if things could go back to normal for 2022 but um i'm still very impressed with how they have been pulling off 2021 thus far yeah and also um last year's winner duncan lawrence has tested positive for covid as well (gasps) so he won't be there at the final damn so maybe if um you know gagna magnif win um Duncan will just sort of send them a text congratulating them. Oh, man. I hope COVID doesn't just, like, <laughs> spread like wildfire between now and Saturday because, like, the things are looking dicey. <laughs> I think what the thing to bear in mind is there's been a fair few... There's been a couple of thousand of tests carried out between the crew and the cast. And there's been, I think, 16 or 17 positive cases. Yeah. They're doing pretty all right. It's kind of what will be expected in this situation. Pretty good. You're right. So it's uh, not something to worry about too much. And we just hope that these artists do recover. Thankfully, um, all of Gagna Magna have had the uh, Johnson & Johnson vaccine. So they came pre-vaccinated. Oh, good. So any sort of illness, you know, obviously you can catch it whilst being vaccinated, but you might be asymptomatic or mildly ill. So hopefully... Uh, they'll recover soon and same for Duncan Lawrence yes knock wood but 
all being well, we have a grand final to look forward to. Um, and I am so excited to finally have a new winner crowned. And I just, I, I personally, I hope it's one of my favourites. There's out of the uh, there's five that are doing the odds for the favourite to win. So Italy, France, Malta, Iceland, and Switzerland are the five that are kind of like competing for the win. Oh, in the minds of the bookies, and. I wouldn't be angry at any of them, actually. I've got different yeah. preferences, but none of those I would be angry with winning. I can see all five as being a deserving winner. Yeah, I would agree. There is there is uh, a number of uh, performances and songs this uh, year that I would be fine with winning. Uh, yeah, of course, I have my favorites, but, um, you know, like, I think that they could go a number of ways and I would be satisfied with the outcome. Yeah. Right then. Until next time. Bye. Bye. La 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 la